You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. Uh, we're starting a new series. It'll be on our November series titled Powered By. And I want to introduce this series today with the passage found in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. 1 Corinthians 4, 20, it says, For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. I don't know if you remember the first time you encountered power. For me, as a 10-year-old, that was when I first kind of encountered this power, this electric force that exists around us. I was 10 years old and we had a boombox. My brother, my older brother had a double deck cassette tape Philips boombox and it was awesome. Uh, One side you could record, there was a little mic if you wanted to do an introduction and I gotta tell you many a mixtapes came out of that and uh, that's where dreams came true man. From Elvis Presley to Roxette I'm telling you, you guys, half of you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh Uh-huh. Any Elvis fans in the room? Sweet Caroline. You remember that move? No. Ah, You can watch it on YouTube later. We used to make mixtapes. That's the point. So that was a very valuable boombox. We would record things and jokes, and and it broke. It didn't work anymore. And as a 10-year-old, I took upon myself to fix it. Now, I've always been interested in fixing mechanical, electrical things. For some reason, I've never been afraid of them. And so I I took it upon myself to assess the problem. I'm going to assess the problem and see what's going on with this boombox. Why is it not working? And I shall bring it back to life. So as I looked, I realized there wasn't any problem with the boombox. The problem was with the power cord. Right where the power cord meets the connector, it was a removable power cord, it had been bent for so long that one of the sides broke. So you could see the wire broken on one of the the sides, and I figured, I know how to fix this. I can remove the connector. There are two pins in there that I'm pretty sure that's where I should connect the power. So if I splice the end of the wires with a knife, and I make a loop that's tight enough to connect to those pins, It'll gonna, it's going to come back to life. So brilliant, right? I know what you're thinking. That's brilliant and horrible. Super dangerous because the pins were less than an inch apart. And yeah, so I did that. And you might be wondering, why were your parents, right, 10 years old, messing with wires and stuff like that? My parents are pastors. So they were probably in the closet praying for me that the angels of God would protect me. <laughs> so no adult supervision. I love my parents. And... Uh, Went to the kitchen, got a knife, spliced the end of that cable, and every, the, everything was going according to plan. I made the little loops. I was so proud of it. They were perfectly sized, both of them. And instead of plugging them in and then plugging it in the wall, I figured I always plug it in the wall first. I know. You're thinking, uh-oh, exactly what I did. I plugged it in the wall first. As I grabbed the cable to try to connect it, I just heard this pop. And the, 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 the pop was loud, and there were sparks burned a hole in our comforter. I was doing this on the bed. And another spark 
I know. Another spark came right across my ring finger for years. I had this scar right here because it burned the skin right off. It just sliced it off. And I carried this car. I earned this car uh, for years. Now it's faded. You can really see, can't really see it. See it. But that was my first experience with something intangible that, that is so powerful that that pop just really woke me up to something else here. And if you think about it, you know, we are all connected in that way. All our houses and stuff, it's all electric. But obviously my message is not about that kind of power because that's not what Paul is writing here. Although uh, this power has the same root word. It comes from the same root word than th that we find the word electricity. Electricity had not been discovered until later. But I think it's interesting, and I'm not trying to make a scientific claim here or say that scientists got the word power from the scripture. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I think it's interesting that the same source of electricity that we experience for our electronics all around us exists in us. It's the same kind of power that moves us, that moves every living thing in the planet. And if you've taken any science class, you know this, that every living thing that exists in our planet today receives power. And releases power to exist, to continue to exist and to operate. And that's true about you and I. We exist and we operate within that context. Now, I think it's interesting too that, that even though today we understand that there are different kinds of power, there is something that sometimes we miss. Because you and I, you're here today and you can look at yourself, identify yourself by your education, you can identify yourself by your occupation, you can identify yourself by what you've accomplished thus far. Some of you here are students, you're in high school, God bless you, you're in, in college trying to figure out your future, you have a lot of hopes, God bless you for that. Some of you here, most of your life has already uh, been filled in your calendars, you have accomplishments and you can, you, maybe you're a lawyer, maybe you're a physician here, maybe you're a teacher, maybe you're somebody who runs a company or you're a husband, a wife, however you identify yourself, when you were formed in the beginning of your conception, when you were in your mother's womb, you were not any of that. You were not a mathematician, you were not a teacher, you're not a Republican or a Democrat or independent, thank God, right? this season. Uh, you were not a Red Sox fan. You were not a Yankee fan. Some of you may object to that. I was born a Yankee. You're not a Cubs fan. Any Cubs fans in the room? No? I just wanted to congratulate you. I know there's some Ohio fans here, right? Uh, the, the Indians fans? Yeah, we love you guys. Hey, you made it to the World Series. <laughs> we love you guys. But in the beginning, you were not any of that. You were not what you might identify yourself with today. You were power. You were energy. In your mother's womb, you were matter and energy. And that energy developed you. That energy got you to the point where you came to be. And as a baby, all you had to operate with was power, was energy. And you used that power to learn, power to grow. Power to move, power to develop your abilities, develop the talents that you were given. And in that power, you became who you are today. You accomplish the things, you accomplish the things that you have accomplished thus far. But what happens sometimes is that we, we rush to identify ourselves by our accomplishments, and that's fine, that's okay. 
what, what happens sometimes is that we forget that still at the core, we are made of the same, same foundation. You are power. And your body carries power. In fact, literally, energy. Sitting right here in your brain, there are about 80 billion neurons. And at any given moment, 1% of them, about 800 million neurons, are firing electric jolts. And scientists have discovered that if you were able to plug an iPhone 5 into your brain, you'll be able to charge it to 100% in less than 70 hours. That's a lot of power. Some of you are like, I would never wait for that. <laughs> it's too long, JD. Uh, but think about that. That's a lot of power. Now, we can't forget that because you're sitting here today and you have hopes. You have dreams. And you're believing God for them. And you probably came here whether you're a Christian or not or you've, you, you've, you've been away for a while. And you came here with some sort of hope, some, some idea to reconnect to God and, and re-engage in a spirituality or whatever it is that you're hoping. But you have hopes, you have dreams, you have ideas. And all of those things are moved by this power. They are moved by the power that's within you. Now in walks Jesus, understanding this principle, understanding that we are made with this power in us and that we are moved by power, Jesus comes in and introduces the power of God to mankind, to humanity. As you know, in, in the Gospels, some of you know this, in the Gospels it says that one of the first things Jesus did when he started his ministry was to go away for 40 days to the desert. And in the desert, he filled himself, not with natural power, not with energy that you find in food, or, but he filled himself with God. In fact, he told the enemy this, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And when he had finished the, those days, uh, Luke writes down in chapter 4, verse 14, that Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country. Now Jesus came to connect us to God, right? He came to present the kingdom of God. This beautiful idea of the existence of God and the presence of God to mankind. And when the apostles tried to write it down, tried to come up with a way to identify what was the mark of Jesus' ministry. What was the mark of this man who came and did so many wonderful things. They chose this word, power. Now, this power does not mean a lust for dominion. It's not that kind of power. It's not power to control. This power means might, means energy. It means strength. This power means the presence of God. And when Paul, so when Paul is writing in 1 Corinthians, the passage that we read in the beginning, that the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. It's not a matter of words being spoken, but of power. He's not trying to lay down a framework of the ideal way of having a relationship with God. He's not trying to say, hey, here's, here's an avenue that you can pursue to have a connection with God. He's stating a matter of fact. He's saying this is what it is. In fact, he's saying if you're trying to identify God, if you're trying to know anything about God, if you're trying to find identifiable characteristics of God on earth, I can tell you in one word. Power. Power. 
And that's what Jesus was about. Power. Now I get it. You talk about power of God in a church context and a lot of you have different experiences, different past experiences, different conceptions of what power of God may mean in a church context. If you grew up with no affiliations to church, it's very possible that power of God, the expression of, of, of power of God in your mind might mean people's reaction, emotional reaction in meetings like this. And for you, it maybe it's off-putting, maybe it's just a little bit different than what you're used to. If you grew up in a Catholic environment, power of God is, is stated in liturgy, in, in consistency, in, in continuity. If you grew up in a Pentecostal background like myself, power of God is loudness. <laughs> the power of God is just, and whether you like it or not, whether you had a great background experience with it or not, whether you think it's weird or not, I just want you to get it all and put it all aside for a minute. Put it all aside for a minute and, and, and imagine this. Imagine Jesus coming to earth and encountering people. And when they encountered him, they sensed something different. It was like this energy that flowed out of him and filled them. And filled their soul and filled their hearts and filled their minds. And even their bodies. And in it. The troubles of their souls were quieted. The anxieties of their souls and mind found peace. In it, their hopelessness found hope. The hate that they were experienced, maybe they experienced, were met with love. In it, all the doubts that they had found faith. In that presence, in that energy, there were miracles. There was joy. There was soul satisfaction. What those people needed, what they wanted in the deep core part of who they were, they encountered in Jesus. Meeting him. Listening to him. And receiving from him. There was completion. Full completion. In mind, soul, and even their bodies. And it didn't stop. After Jesus was gone. It continued. In fact you might wonder how did it survive. Because in the beginning they didn't even have scriptures. They didn't have a Bible like we do. And we say this is how we know. They had no, nothing written down for some estimations over 20 years. They didn't have anything written down. That's the, the, actually the shortest estimation. That for 20 years after Jesus left. This movement continued. And how did it continue? power. There was power that they shared, power that they had received, and they continued on. We see an account documented in the book of Acts. Luke continues to write about Peter meeting this Gentile, this person who by all accounts in the Jew tradition was not eligible to receive what Jesus shared. They thought it was for the Jews only, but Peter is with Cornelius and he's sharing what had happened. So in Acts chapter 7 verses 37 and 38, uh, Peter is saying, You yourselves know what, what happened throughout all Judea beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed. How God anointed, anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. 
He went, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And he's sharing this story about the power of God. Telling these people with no, no intention or ambition to have him receive it. He's just witnessing. He's just sharing with the passion of his heart what they've experienced as a group of people in Judea. He's telling Cornelius this. And look what happens a few verses later. Verse 44. It says, while Peter was still saying his, these things. And he's still talking. He's still sharing the story. The Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. And some of you right here, you can identify with this scripture one way or another. Because whether you have had a church history and you've been in church for your whole life, 30, 40 years. Or you walked in here a year ago, six months ago, four weeks ago, or even just this morning. And you sensed something. You thought that maybe you were not eligible Maybe your life didn't make you eligible to receive the power, the presence of God in your life. This fullness of God that brings completion, that, that changes everything from the inside out. But you felt something. In your soul you felt something. In your mind you felt something. Maybe even today as we were singing or praying, you felt something maybe even in your body. Where you couldn't stop the tears from your eyes or your heart started beating fast or you felt some kind of emotion in your body and you can't quite put words to it. You can't really describe it, but you know you can't deny it. And I've heard some of you come to Alini and I after service and say words like trying to describe it like this was so inspirational. Or this was so motivating or the presence of God was there or this was so powerful. And, and you're in this reality and some of you even had experiences that are not contained in this room we've heard stories from you where you're in your car or you're at home or you're with friends or somewhere else and you just feel this presence of God in you moving you and then changing you and and bringing you closer to him but you might be wondering what is the point of all this why do we feel the presence of the power of God, what is, what is the utility of the power of God? Not because you think it's useless, not because it's weird, but because most of us want to know its purpose so we can honor it properly, right? Because I do believe that God is doing something special here in Stanford, in this community. I do believe that there is an expression of God that is meant for all that you, we are experiencing in this room right here and beyond it. And you might be wondering why, what's the point of all this? How, did, how does this work out? To answer that, we need to come together under a different perspective of what the power of God actually is and how it works out in our lives. Because a lot of us, when we hear stories of Jesus, or we hear stories of transformation in Jesus, or we hear stories of miracles and changes, we, it, it's reduced to this one event. Somebody that needed something, they had a deep need, needed something in their physical body, needed something, a door to open in, in, in for a job or a promotion. They needed some sort of intervention, and God came in, and that happened. But the reality is that most of us here in this room, we don't need to touch the rim of Jesus' garment to be healed because our bodies are well. Most of us here in this room, you don't really need Jesus to multiply the bread and the fish 
in your fridge because your pantries are full. You don't need to walk on water. You got a boat by the marina. And if you do, honor your pastor. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Take me out on a boat ride, man. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Most of us, we have all of our needs supplied. And so you think, I'll believe for that person. I'll pray with that person. I'll join hands. I'll keep you in my mind. But what about when it pertains, pertains to me is should I wait until I face some difficulties or circumstances? Because life has been good. How does it work out in your life? The reality is that there is a relevant part of the power of God that is meant to play in your life and in my life. And I can't say it better than the Apostle Paul when he wrote to the church in Ephesus. He put it this way, Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 to 20. This is what he said. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened by, with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. And here's where he summarizes in one beautiful sentence. For you and I, and this is for you, this is for me, whether you're a Christian or not, whether you're a spiritual person, but not really one in a religious affiliation, this is how he puts it. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And he continues. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. The relevance of the power of God is that we may be filled with the fullness of God himself. So that things that we don't even, can even think of can come to pass on this earth through you and I. Now whether you have a circumstance that needs to be answered, whether you are in a dire situation where you need the presence of God to come into your life and just change the situation. Or life's been a breeze lately. Things been good. There's money in the bank, rent is paid, pantry's full, you're healthy. This is the relevance of the power of God in your life. Because He will come in, He will change the situation. But above all that, the fullness of his love, the fullness of his hope, the fullness of his kindness, the fullness of his presence in your life is greater than any need you might face now or in your future. And that's how his power is meant to work in our lives. Now, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about this dynamic of receiving power. And the following week, we'll talk about releasing power. But one thing that I want you to know here this morning is that as you live your lives, as you get out of here and you go through your Mondays and Tuesdays and Thursdays, this power of God exists within you to operate and bring dreams and bring His purpose to come, uh, make it come to pass in your life. That's why it's there. So sometimes you come and do a place like this and you sense it a little bit more intensely. 
you come into a place like this and, and, and you feel God's presence in your heart and you might be wondering, what, what am I supposed to do with this? Well, this power that is alive and active in you is in you so that our communities may be strengthened, so that God can display his life through you, the fullness of who he is through you on earth. That's how the church has survived for over 2,000 years. Now, I've got to tell you this. We, I believe in my heart, with my whole heart, that we are at an age where more than ever we need this to be true. And I do believe that the core of this movement that God is bringing together here in Stanford, and I'm talking to everybody here, whether you, you, you're here, this is your first time or not, there is a movement that, that is happening, and, and, and I believe that at the core of it, this is, this is what we are supposed to display in the world. It's the power of God, the fullness of who He is, this, this energy, this, this beautiful, beautiful presence of love, of kindness, of forgiveness, of redemption on this earth and I don't think there's in any other age in the in the recent history where we need and we see the need of, of this presence more than now think about in about two days we're about to elect a new president if you think about uh, this election if you think about the sentiment and I haven't talked about the election all these months can, can we just agree that that's a good thing? <laughs> but I will say this. If this election has showed us anything, is that we have a nation that is looking for a Savior. This nation is looking for somebody to save them. And I don't want to bring you hopelessness, but Secretary Clinton is not going to save you. Businessman Donald Trump is not going to save you. Not any more than President Obama saved you. He's there, it's, it's impossible. The kind of salvation that we seek is one from deep within that can be experienced when the power of God is released. Not in a weird way, not in an off-putting way, but in a wholesome way where people find completion. They find purpose their troubles are quieted down that's where we will see true transformation of heart and spirit and even of body now I want to encourage you this morning to pay attention to this in your life as you continue to live your days this week pay attention as you go about your day and how we are harnessing and releasing because our life spiritual physical follows the same pattern the energy and power we receive is the energy and power we will release. So be intentional about it. Be intentional about receiving the power of God in your life so that you can release his love and kindness to those around you. Are you with me this morning? Yes. It is a season where you and I are meant to shine. You can stand with me right now if you don't mind. This is the season where you and I can shine that light of God's presence and maybe some of you here you haven't made that def that definitive decision to say I I'm going to engage I'm going to engage with God I'm going to re-engage in my relationship with God in this pure simple way of just receiving who he is in my life so that I can see this active power bringing me 
to the completion of his purpose in my life. And I want you to believe this with all your heart that you do have a purpose. That God did place you here on this earth for a higher purpose, a divine purpose. That you're not just living your days watching the clock and trying to make something out of your days that, that is just for your, your retirement or stuff that you want to buy in your shopping list that there is a kind of life within you that is meant to be released and you you every single one of you we are all on the same on the same plane when it comes to to that reality and I want to pray for you because if if you have felt disconnected from this power and you've been trying to operate in your own power we're going to talk about this next week and the following week but if you try to operate in your own power you're just going to feel drained feel like your life is running on empty but if you choose to receive the power of God each and every day you will see a new kind of vigor a new kind of life that takes away the trouble and the anxiety and the weights and lets you live with full expectation full ex expectation of his purpose becoming true in your life so we're going to pray together okay if you've never prayed this prayer of dedication to Jesus, to God, I ask you to do that right now with your whole heart. We're all going to pray in this room. And let's say together, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus come, into my heart. come into my heart. I make you my Lord, I make you my Lord. And, Savior. and Savior. Bring your power into my life. Power into my life. Teach me to operate in your power. Teach me to operate in your power. Renew my mind. Renew my, mind. Renew my, soul. Renew my soul. Renew my spirit. Renew my spirit. Bring me to life again. I offer you my heart, I offer you my, heart. My, past, my past, my present, my present and my future. my future. I commit my life to you. I commit my life to you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Listen, if you pray that simple prayer, something beautiful just happened. And with all your heart, you have reconnected to God. Now, this is a process. A process of salvation is a process. It's a daily process. And what we talked about with this conversation that we started here today for your life begins every morning. Every morning, invite God into your life. Every morning, say, Jesus, I receive your power. God, I receive your power in my life. Help me love people more. Help me forgive people. Help me go through my day with good ideas. Help me release your power into this earth and, uh, and change it for the better. We are agents of change, amen, through God's power. So as we get out of here this morning, know that God is with you, that he has filled you up so that our surroundings can be blessed by his goodness. Amen. Go have a great Sunday, everybody.